Hi, everybody. This is The Simpsons Show. I'm Robbie with my co-host, Matt, and we are here to talk about The Simpsons from the beginning. Matt, how are you? I am fantastic. Uh, this episode in no way destroyed my soul. <laughs> okay. I mean, that's a lot. Okay. Uh, that's a lot to unpack. We'll we'll work through it. Also, joining us today for uh, this delightful episode that we all love is Andrew Bloom of the AndrewBlog.net. Andrew, how are you? I'm good, Robbie, and thank you guys very much for having me back, despite my ugly, very public battle with wheatgrass addiction. <laughs> you gotta have. You gotta it's get, okay. We're just glad you're clean. You gotta get those lawnmowers, though. It's important. Uh, you're you're playing with fire, Robbie. <laughs> specifically, a grass fire. <laughs> that's no. That's when you throw a, a, a. That's when you drop some Tabasco in the lawnmower. It becomes a grass fire. <laughs> Ooh, I like that. <laughs> I'm, I'm a, if I lose I, the trivia challenge, I'm making all of my lawnmowers scratch fires. Oh, there's a real drink called a prairie fire, right? It's, it's got Tabasco and something in it? I probably. I just, I just, you know, they. there's lots of drinks that they decide to some reason to make terrible by throwing in spicy things into them. I don't understand it, but they do that. Bartenders. Some good Guatemalan insanity pepper-based drinks. Yeah, exactly. I need, I the alcohol isn't enough. I need also to hurt in more ways than one. <laughs> uh, we are brought to you by our supporters on Patreon. You support us by going to patreon.com slash The Simpsons Show for only $2 a month. Gain access to all of our bonus content. Matt, we have someone to thank this week. Uh, one of the best people in the world? Well, let's do it then. Rick. Just just singular Rick. Thank you, Rick. Thank you, Rick. Hopefully you don't have an annoying grandson. <laughs> you can hear our thoughts on Rick and Morty over on our Patreon. Uh, on to this week's episode. It is Make Room for Lisa, episode AABF12, originally aired February 28th, 1989, written by Brian Scully, directed by Matthew Nastuk. Received a 7.6 uh, rating, uh, translating approximately 7.6 million viewers. Finished 52nd in the ratings, tied with a new episode of 48 Hours on CBS. I don't <laughs> Oh, you gotta love those movies that are, you know, almost 20 years old being well, in the ratings. Not the movie, Matt. The show. This is not the... That there was the... a show based on that? It's not... No, it's a news program. I was gonna say, I, I was getting confused between the movie and the news program, too. It's a news program. It is not the Eddie 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 Murphy and uh, Nick Nolte film. It is. Oh, the, I was the... not aware there was, a, there was a news program called 48 Hours. Whoops. So, so wait, Eddie Murphy and Nick Nolte did a news program together? <laughs> That's it was like TMZ, but they beat up the celebrities. Let's see, we're in. We're, <laughs> we're four minutes in, and I'm already done uh, with this. <laughs> the chalkboard gag. I do not have diplomatic immunity. It's a Lethal Weapon Two reference, I think. Speaking of eighties, wow, so I, I didn't realize that Lethal Weapon Two and Forty Eight Hours exist in the same universe. But apparently, <laughs> it. When's that crossover coming? I don't. No, thank you. I don't want any of that. Uh, the couch gag. Firemen are using couches and net, uh, but Homer misses and hits the floor. I like it. It's funny. Simple. It's easy. New. Yeah. I don't remember it, so therefore it's new. Um, episode begins, uh, with Homer at work, listening to the radio, which has a flashback to, was it 1939? So a song from 1939. I guess it's a golden oldie station. And Homer thinks he's traveled back in time to 1939. Uh, Lenny and Carl are kind enough to bring him back to the present, even though they're playing Safety Dance, which is not a song for contemporary to 1999. It's the present enough for Homer at this point. Uh, sh sure. <laughs> I don't... It 
it it doesn't i don't this beginning part is uh, like so tangential to the actual plot of this episode so it doesn't really matter because all it does is get homer to the bar where kbbl is recording at uh and he gets drunk then drives home drunk i assume and crashes his car in front of the house blocking traffic gets dragged into the house by marge and they don't move the car they just leave the car there so it's still blocking traffic I'm not, where is drunk driving? Uh, how many, how many season 10 episodes feature Homer drunk driving? That's the question. I'd say at least five or six. <laughs> Although there's several episodes, several seasons that have at least one or two episodes of Homer driving drunk. I mean, also driving drowsy. Um, but uh, I mean, that's, that was the whole Duffless thing, wasn't it? Homer driving drunk because he had like three Duff gummies. Yes. Totally the same thing. Mm, yeah, the same. Uh, <laughs> Well, I, I could tolerate it if they did anything with it. Like, I know that it's a cliche to have these first act bits that don't actually feed into the main story in a significant way, but this literally has nothing to do with the rest of the episode. Nope, not a thing. Zero connection other than Homer asking Marge at the beginning of the next scene, what is her favorite radio station, even though he is now sober. Speaking of the next scene, we see Homer now sober again, with Bart and Lisa wanting to... They want him to be a parent. Okay, Dad, we're ready. Hey, that's super. See you later. Dad, don't you remember? It's our special Saturday. You agreed to spend one Saturday a month doing something with the kids. Oh? Oh, quit complaining. It's half the work of the divorce dad. Yeah, but it's twice as much as a deadbeat dad. Homer! They know I'm kidding. Hmm... Okay, Bart, it's your turn to pick. Where are we headed? Bowling? Demolition Derby? P.J. O'Harrigans? Isn't that a funny name, huh? Huh? Hysterical, but I traded my turn to Lisa for her dessert. No! We did a Lisa thing last month! (laughs) And I'm glad we did. But now I think we should do something normal people would like. Why do you assume that I won't pick something fun? Let's see. Oh, this looks very educational. Oh. Well, this could be quite enlightening. Oh. Fine. How about... Oh. She didn't say it yet. Go ahead, sweetie. The book fair? Oh, no. I'm not falling for that again. If it doesn't have Siamese twins in a jar, it's not a fair. Oh, this is perfect. We're going to go see Marmaduke? No. The Smithsonian Traveling Exhibit. It encapsulates America and makes history come alive. What, and Marmaduke doesn't? Sorry, Dad, my mind is made up. This is all your fault for trading away your turn. Just for that, no dessert tonight. Trade you my next turn for your dessert, deal. So, this is the actual beginning of the episode, I guess. It's where it all starts. It's all Lisa's fault. She didn't take Homer to this, uh, uh, what was it, Smithsonian traveling exhibit. None of this would have happened. So, Lisa is obviously the bad guy this episode. Let's get that established right now. <laughs> That's the real lesson here, that Lisa really screwed this up, and then by the end, she figures out how to make amends. Yep. Well, that works. Oh, 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 Matt, did you write this episode? God, no. Do you think I hate Lisa this much and love Homer? Oh, I don't... Uh, well, that's a, I don't know how to even broach that. Like, is this actually showing love for Homer as a character? I don't... Oh, no, that's true. You're, you're probably right. It's I don't know about... No, it's just Captain Wacky Homer he, to the max. Yeah, it. I he Homer doesn't want to go and do things that Lisa wants to do. All right, so they go to the Smithsonian, which is sponsored by OmniTouch. And what's did we get that name for that lady? Does she even have a name? 
She's, Not as far as I can tell. She never gets a name, but she's clearly like proto Lindsay Nagel, right? Right. Yeah. She yes, is. She definitely. is. Th- I feel like she's the. We had this in the. Was it in Homer? Is it? Was it in Poochie or was it in a different episode? We saw another like basically proto Lindsay Nagel, and she wasn't named, but it's the same kind of character. This you know woman executive. Um, I think she's uh, in. Uh, Lindsay Nagel actually was in the Poochie. Yeah, Poochie. it wasn't Poochie, but she wasn't named. But so that okay, I'm it doesn't it doesn't doesn't matter really. But <laughs> the OmniTouch is a cell phone company sponsoring the 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 exhibit, and technically they own all of these things. They say include which include let's see, Lincoln's hat, uh, the Bill of Rights, and then also Fonzie's jacket from Happy Days in uh uh Archie Bunker's chair. Why, why does Lincoln's the the little mannequin that has Lincoln's hat on it also have a beard? Oh, how else would you know it's Lincoln? Uh, I mean, the hat kind of starts you on that path. Without the beard, you're not really sure. But with the beard, you know it's Lincoln. But there's no mole. If you, if you have the beard, you at least have to have the mole, right? Well, that would have chalked that up to, uh, you know, poor model making. I, I would sense a scale. It's like a banana. It lets you recognize the true magnificence of the hat by the size of the beard. Exactly. He, that's a normal beard. The hat is, just dwarfs it. It's so big. It's a comparison point. Yeah. It's like a... All right, all right. I don't... I'm mollified. Sure. So, we we are at this exhibit. My biggest problem with this episode is solved. (laughs) Uh, Homer uh, is being terrible. Homer's being terrible this whole episode. I I don't even have to really say it at any one point. Because he's just kind of always off. Like, it's always him being bad, being a bad person, being a bad parent. Not... I mean, I shouldn't even say he's a bad parent. Because he's not a parent at all. He is a third child. Yeah. That is dead on. Like, And he's a third child that Lisa has to babysit. Yes. I mean, fourth child if you want to count Maggie. But she doesn't really do much in this episode. So she's she appears on a baby monitor, I think, at exactly one time. Oh, wait. No, she needs her diaper changed at, in that the scene so that... The, and she, she tries to she get the cat really Lisa. Out. She's all sticky. Oh, that's true. That's true, Cat Lisa. Um, so Homer is, of course, entranced by Fonzie's jacket and Archie Bunker's chair. He sits in Archie Bunker's Archie Bunker's chair. Um, but then he gets. I don't. He start. He desecrates the Bill of Rights. Like you do. L- like you do. I don't. It, it just. It, it, because no one's guarding the Bill of Rights. Obviously, <laughs> they're guarding Fonzie's jacket. Well, like, and that would be interesting. Like they could actually say something about that like oh we we don't really care about these american heirlooms but we do definitely care about like fozzy's jacket from television but it's just kind of forgotten immediately it it feels like they're ever so slightly trying to make that point but they never really get there yeah if anything else in this episode was a like talked about that at all i would give them some credit but it's not i i don't know i you could just as easily be oh well people want to see Fonzie's jacket more than they want to see Lincoln's hat and his marketing. I don't know. Regardless, Homer, why does he, is he, is he just doing the same thing he did in Homer the Great? Isn't that what it is? Is just really wiping his mouth with his document? Basically, yeah. In fairness, I think he's just roughly handling the Constitution at first and then doesn't attempt to lick it until he accidentally gets chocolate on it. <laughs> Okay. Let's let's give this kind, caring man the benefit of the doubt in this episode. It's really mm-hmm. hard for me to give Homer the benefit of the doubt 
whatsoever. <laughs> okay. But so he destroys the Bill of Rights, hides behind it as one of the security guards so nice, so kindly notes. Uh, and then we we have a meeting with the Lindsay Nagel prototype to how Homer can repay the destruction he's caused. Really? That much? It's going to cost $10,000 to repair that document. What? Of course, OmniTouch understands that real money doesn't grow on trees. Not these days. Finally, a company that understands my needs. We sure do. It's called caring. So we're even then? Not by a long shot. But I have a solution that'll work out for both of us. Especially you. I don't want a cellular transmitter sticking out of my roof. We prefer to think of them as... Keep in touch, Towers. It's called caring, Marge. Plus, you've increased Springfield's roaming capabilities 64%. You gotta admit, Marge, that's a lot more roaming. Mm, I guess. Hey, this is pretty comfortable. That Andy Cap was on to something. Ugh, that antenna is an eyesore. Just pretend it's a tree, honey. Or as we say at OmniTouch, a progress tree. Yeah, well, I hope it doesn't hum too loud, because I have a ton of homework to do with them. I don't finish this ah! My room! What? I heard a yell. Did you touch a wire? What happened to my room? Nothing. They just needed a place to put all the electronic gizmos, and I know how much you like that sciencey stuff. So I just... You gave away my room? Come on, Lisa, try and see this from the OmniTouch Corporation's point of view. Your father's right, Lisa. Cellular service is about communication and unity. Community. That noise Lisa makes. The, uh, the one that's all over this episode? Yeah, it's it, a little nauseating. I mean, I, it, I was going to say, that's the noise I make. That's the noise I made when I watched this episode. Is <laughs> uh, so true. I, I'm gonna. Okay. If it makes you feel better, Robbie, my <laughs> wife literally flipped off the television at multiple points. <laughs> I, I I can see that. Yeah, it, I, it's actively offensive in several places. If if I had my druthers, I I, I have a podcast to do. So my question, and this is obvious. This is I, I. Do they expect us? At this point, Homer has desecrated a historical document, must repay. Completely normal. Completely, obviously, a, 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 a situation every family faces. Relatable problems. Yep. And so he must repay OmniTouch for doing this by leasing his land have a cell tower installed. Okay. He needs Why can't they put the cell tower in the backyard? It's a good question. You have to pay for more steel. Don't. Uh, yeah. I don't that high. They need it. Uh, they need it to be connected to a house. There's no reason. Matt. Sure. There's no reason. There's okay. no reason for a lot of things, but it's just I, I, okay. I will take it for granted that oh, it needs to be in the house for some reason. Uh, or they just say oh, Lisa's room is the best place for it. The not, Omni- not Maggie's room. Lisa's room. They. I don't. Whatever. My core question is: Are we supposed? I. 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 It's just a bridge too far for me. To take it that this is just Homer being naive or gullible. I just can't, I cannot, like, there's lots of times where Homer has done horrible things and I can, I can buy it. You know, I can buy, it's Homer just being the simple kind of innocent, naive person he is. He doesn't see the harm in it when he commits certain things. And then he learns from it and gets better. 
I can't or doesn't depend on the episode. Well, well, I mean, in good episodes, he learns. Uh, I it I just I cannot see. There's not no not even Homer is that just that colossally stupid where he can't see the malice in like stealing a little girl's room from her. See, this is where we differ because I can totally see somebody being that dumb. Because to him, it's not that big a deal. He hasn't had his own room since he was in high school. So, what does he care? He's not. He's like, oh, whatever. He'll just share a room with somebody. It'll be totally be okay. I I think the best face you can put on it is I can totally believe Homer being duped by the Lindsay Nagel character. You can totally see him being talked into this as a good thing and convinced it's a good thing because, as Homer himself once put it, he's the highly suggestible type. But it is a a stretch to to buy Homer emotionally. Like that at some point Lisa protesting even in the slightest should clue him in that this is a terrible, terrible thing that he's doing. Uh, yeah, and it's only the first thing. It's not uh okay. We go to commercial. You mean there's more? There's there is more. Can't I know you can't oh, wait. Oh unfortunately <laughs> is there more. <laughs> what happens, Matt? Uh, so yes. Uh, well, Unfortunately for us, yes, there's more. Uh, Homer uh, apparently has figured out since the commercial break that Lisa would be unhappy with. So he has arranged for Lisa to live with uh, Bart instead. Uh, Not Maggie, because that would make sense. Maggie's a baby. They're fairly quiet, at least at Maggie's age. Uh, No, uh, instead, Homer tells her that her favorite movie is The Odd Couple, not The Little Mermaid, and that she will be staying in Bart's room, which... Of course, neither of them likes, uh, and unfortunately for poor Lisa, Bart has some rules he wants to set down about his room. Okay, if you're going to live in my room, you're going to obey my rules. One, I am Bart, thy god. If I am out, the crusty doll is thy god. If the doll's with me, you will worship the nightlight. Should the nightlight be unable to fulfill its duties... Shut up. You shut up. Ugh, this is not going to work. No, you shut up. Oh... So there's that noise again. That's that's Lisa's catchphrase for this episode. <laughs> so at this point, we get to the B plot of this episode, which uh, as B plots go is not offensive, but I don't know. It, um, it, hey, Matt, it has closure. It has closure. It does. And it doesn't involve people being horrible to each other. Um, it's just kind of jerky. I mean, they're mean to Millhouse, but everyone's mean to Millhouse. <laughs> <laughs> as as they said in an earlier episode, Millhouse doesn't count. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Thank you, Andrew. <laughs> but the, anyway. the A story has closure. It's just awful closure. Exactly. It's it's Lisa apologies. We will get to that. For our B plot, uh, apparently being that close to the cell tower uh, makes it so that Marge can hear phone calls on her baby monitor, which is an actual thing that happened, but this was like way back in like the late 80s, early 90s, uh, because uh, early cell phones were analog, they weren't encrypted, and uh, it was possible baby monitors could be manufactured illegally on the same frequency. Uh, not in the late 90s. Uh, they had switched to GSM by now, by then, it would have been encrypted. Doesn't matter, just a little history aside for you guys. Uh, of course, Marge is a little upset by this and thinks that they should tell somebody uh uh, Homer suggests their OmniTouch care representative, uh, and then Homer proceeds to eat handfuls of mayonnaise straight from the jar, and I vomited and missed the next couple minutes. You don't like mayonnaise, Mike? Come on. I, I do enjoy mayonnaise, but in very small quantities and definitely not by itself. You're missing out. But apparently I'm the only one. It's a delicacy. Just handfuls. Uh. Uh, so back to the a plot uh bart is of course doing his best to annoy lisa because he doesn't have any homework to do or is just not doing it so he starts squeaking his chair 
Homer then comes in and suggests that Bart not squeak his chair. Instead, they should have a race involving clicking pens. Uh, this, of course, drives Lisa away because, well, you know, that's that's awful. Uh, so Lisa goes to the living room to do her homework, and uh, Homer, deciding that he has not been awful enough to her yet, decides to come in and be worse. Oh, honey, you missed a great race. Bart was winning, but then he said, this is stupid, and he stopped, and I won! Dad, I am trying to do my homework. Hey, you're mad at me. That wasn't your mayonnaise, was it? Dad, why did you have to take away my room? Maybe you'd feel better if we watched some TV together. <gasps> I just want to study. That's no fun. It is to me. No, it's not. Dad! Ooh, here's something you'll like when animals attack magicians. A card. Any card. Oh, no! 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 That's awful. Awful entertaining. Oh, my stomach hurts. So yes, apparently we at least learned from this that Flanders used to be a magician and was attacked by a chimpanzee <laughs> at one point. I didn't realize until I just listened to it right now that that is Flanders' voice. Uh, yeah, it's very. Yes, it's basically just Flanders' voice again. I'm. I again. Lisa is directly telling Homer. I do not like this. I like this. Like, Ralph is smart enough to understand those, ter- those that, like, things on that level of just... That's true. Uh, I mean, when, when Lisa told Ralph she didn't like him, it broke his heart, but he at least understood and didn't say, no, you're not right, I'm right. <laughs> also, in the first act, Homer explicitly is, like, dreading doing a Lisa activity. Does he think Lisa doesn't understand herself or something? Like, like the repeated, like, no, your favorite movie is The Odd Couple. No, you don't like studying. I'm like, I, I, it's just, Homer is just, I, I can't get, I can't, I can't. He's not that dumb, is he? Maybe season 10, Homer, but I. I think it's supposed to be just extreme myopia. That he, it's not that he's stupid. He is just so in his own head. And that they want to use that to try to set up the, the later twist that he actually does care about Lisa. They just never connect the dots from point A to point B. We just get unbelievably obnoxious, uncaring, thoughtless Homer. And then dot, dot, dot. Oh, but Lisa forgives him. Dot, dot, well, yeah, dot. Is dot, dot, dot. Uh, because, yes, Homer at this point doesn't understand empathy is what it is is homer has a complete lack of empathy in this episode. he can't see it from anyone else's per, uh, perspective like andrew said and it's not until we get inside homer's head that we realize that and i guess lisa just has to be the better person because she is obviously so much smarter and more emotionally mature than homer is it's a bad message to send we, we shouldn't be coddling people like homer we should be forcing them to grow up as a society. But that's not what happens in The Simpsons Season 10. Sorry, guys. Whoa, whoa, wait, 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 wait. There's a, there's a good intended lesson here that you should be nice to parents who are trying, even if they're not always great. And I think that's it's a lesson that The Simpsons does a lot and, and comes through in a lot of really great Homer and Lisa episodes. But the problem with this one is that Homer is completely obnoxious, completely awful, completely thoughtless toward his daughter, and doesn't learn anything from it. He doesn't, he, he has no lesson that he learns whatsoever. He's just like, no, the lesson is you should be nice to him, even though he, he makes no effort whatsoever to, to, uh, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm choking on my own rage here. You're losing your perspicacity. <laughs> 
But yeah, I mean, I, I feel like what they're if this was a more adult show, uh, Homer would be beating Lisa and starving her, and in the end, she would apologize because oh, she never saw it from his perspective because he's too dumb to realize those things are wrong. That's just how he was raised, which I think comes up in later seasons. But still, I, I it it's just I mean, those are like, but it can't be that he lacks empathy because. At least that can't be their intent because they that the the whole turn of at when she gets angry at him finally dear God finally she actually Lisa gets some anger going Homer is like oh I'm sorry I didn't realize but I, they talk they like there's that whole joke in the 138th episode of Spectacular about Homer getting dumber and dumber and dumber as the years go on. And it it wasn't like it was just a joke then, but you have to I like it it, it like it sounds it, he has like brain damage like there's just something he is not he is a child this is child level intelligence empathy this is like a five year old kid he's not a parent I think that's what they're trying to get across to us is that's the level of maturity Homer has or what they <sighs> in this episode like what that's in order for them to get the jokes. That's how Homer has to but, be. But, like, what about Lisa the Greek? Or Lisa's Pony? Or, I can, like, a handful of other Lisa and Homer episodes. They do it without making Homer a child? <laughs> well, that requires, uh, you know, some forethought. And, like, instead of just saying, here's a weird plot, let's just throw it, let's just go ahead and animate it. And now, instead... and Matt, she's getting ulcers! Why do they think this is funny? What's wrong with them? Well, to be fair, she's not getting an ulcer. She's just getting a stress-related disorder, which is just as bad. But, you know, stress does not cause ulcers. Ulcers are caused by bacteria. But still. Stomach pain, Matt. How about this? Lisa is an eight-year-old girl getting stomach pain, and this is played for laughs. I don't, What world are they living in? I don't get it. Am I broken? I think I'm broken no, now. No, you're just not living in old white man worlds. I don't, it can't be just that. You have a very high opinion of other people, Robbie. (laughs) What I think they're trying to do, and failing at, grant you, is amplify Homer's thoughtlessness to try to make the turn where Homer, where A, Homer realizes what he's done, and B, Lisa realizes that her dad is trying to make that more meaningful, to try to draw the contrast. And the problem is that they go way, 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 way too far and way, 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 way too unrealistic with how Homer could possibly be that oblivious. There's, you can see the mechanics of what they're trying to set up to try to make you be frustrated with Homer as the viewer and feel bad for Lisa and then see that flip a little bit to, to have you sympathize with Homer because he means well and to, to grow with Lisa and understanding that your parents can mean well but fail sometimes and, and it's the trying that is admirable. But you, you have to do the connective tissue that gets you from point A to point B there. You can't just have a character be awful for 20 minutes and then go presto changeo in, in two minutes and, and hope that it will all work out somehow and hide under a pile of coats. Like it just, it, it doesn't, windmills don't work that way. So Matt, you have another clip for us to see. Uh, I do. And this is, uh, once again, Dr. Hibbert attempting to help and Homer being Homer for this episode. Lisa, I'm afraid your tummy ache may be caused by stress. Well, that's a relief. (laughs) 
Yes. Anyway, when it comes to stress, I believe laughter is the best medicine. You know, before I learned to chuckle mindlessly, I was headed for an early grave myself. <laughs> Give it a try, honey. <laughs> oh, now you call that chuckling. Come on, child, force it. I'm really not the chuckling type. It's true. I'm always making clever noises, and she never chuckles at them. Well, I could prescribe some harsh antacids, but I think Lisa would benefit more from some herbal teas or aromatherapy. Yeah, you know, some of that all-natural stuff is really very... Oh, no, you don't. Screw that touchy, query crap. We'll take the harsh antacids. Nothing's too good for my little girl. So, yeah, Homer rejects, uh, you know... Well, he doesn't actually, but he says that he he doesn't he wants harsh antacids, which I feel like a lot of Lisa's issues can be solved by you know a couple of tums. But you know, uh, harsh antacids it is. Uh, at this point, they leave the doctor's office and they have an argument in a hallway uh, where Homer continues to be Homer and Lisa apologizes to him because. I I don't know. You guys got anything? Why Why would she apologize to him? Well, she doesn't. I don't, she gets angry, Homer is sad, and Lisa goes, I'm sorry you're sad, and then th- I guess they do this stuff in the next act. I don't know. I really don't know. There's nothing... Well, uh, I, I, I guess I'll say, I think this is one of the few scenes in the episodes that I actually really like, because it is, to my mind, one of the very few scenes where Homer actually shows any contrition for his actions, and B, I like the idea even if it's not dramatized especially well, that Lisa feels bad because she thinks Homer doesn't know any better. Like, she's just kind of... It's sad in its way to have Lisa say, this is just who my dad is. And I, it makes no more sense to be upset with him than it does to be upset at the dog for digging up the yard. This is just a, a baby elephant uh, rumbling into a china shop. Like, it, it doesn't know any better. And I think that's why she's apologizing. But they at least set up some emotional stakes there of Homer understanding that he has hurt Lisa and Lisa kind of being resigned to this unfortunate uh, sadness that, you know, there's just, it feels like there's this insurmountable gap between her and her dad. That's only going to grow. I feel like it's one of the very few emotionally potent parts of make room for Lisa at all. I'll I'll take your silence as a scent. (laughs) Basically. Yeah. That that was very well said. Thank you. Yes. Uh, Yeah. I'm, I I think that's what they intended. I I I I don't. It doesn't land for me. It. Uh, I just. I don't. I can't feel empathy for Homer at any point in this episode. I do not. I do not. There is not at any one point that I go. Oh, that's so sad because this episode it has the problem that I I don't know. I think a problem that a lot of season 10, 11, 12 Scully year episodes have it, and they commit the sin in the the post-Scully years as well, but not nearly as often, in that they so repeatedly in the past have treated Lisa as basically like a little mini adult and like, oh yeah, she has, she likes causes and she's so, she's hyper intelligent and, you know, she has empathy beyond her years and all that stuff. They repeatedly treat her like an adult, and that I think some parts of the fan base got tired of it. But this this episode treats her like she's older than she is. Like this is like if she was like a fifteen year old uh, a te- a fifteen year old girl, a teenager, I wouldn't mind it as much. I think because she would have 
more cogence about who she was and about who Homer was, but she's still an eight-year-old. She's a, a little girl. I, there is no eight-year-old girl is, I, if there's a gap between the eight-year-old girl and her 35-year-old father, the girl should not be the one closing the gap. I do not blame a child for acting like a child. And I know that this version of Homer, we're not supposed to expect any sort of realism in his behavior, but I can't, I, I know they intend, they intend for, for us to go, oh, Homer's trying. He really is. I, maybe if this episode hadn't be, been preceded by all of episodes where Homer is terrible for the most part, I could maybe let it slide, disconnect it, but it's just, it, it, it they've I, I, already, it's kind of lost a lot of my goodwill that it, the Simpsons had earned. I understand, like, I, I don't know. I, it, <sighs> 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 that Lisa noise, where's that Lisa noise? We need it, where yeah. I need, I need that noise on cue. I'm going to add that to my soundboard. I'm just going to start playing that. Whenever Homer, bad All Homer, right, bad Homer enough. shows up. You're going to get a big work out of that from the next couple seasons. I know. Are, we got a commercial, right, Matt? Indeed we do. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> so then they go to uh, a new age type store called Karmaceuticals, which is a good name. It's a good sign, a good gag name for a, a store like that. I don't understand why Lisa is checking into like crystals and dream catchers to from like she's science all the way. Well, I, I think they're trying to work off of Buddhism and they're trying to say, oh, new age Buddhism. Same she's not a dip. She's, she's not, not a not. She's not. It hasn't happened yet. She hasn't has happened it? yet, Matt. He's not. She's not a Buddhist yet. Uh, really? What really? Is that? It's I don't know. Like season 13. Right? I don't know. It's in another one of the bad ones. But oh. It's, it's a, even it's a, worse. You're right. This is that's what I'm saying. Like the Buddhism has like the only thing is the vegetarianism, the uh, environmentalism is the only thing that is even like adjacent to this. And I don't I don't it feels very much like they just want to get them into these tanks. Like they had an idea. Oh, how, they'll go into they'll go into the 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 sensory deprivation tanks. Uh, So they have to go to a new age store and we have to. Do why what is why are they so upset at Joan Rivers? I think that's just a lot of jokes people made about enter entertainment at the time, and they just picked up and said, "Yeah, let's use that." I mean, I don't. That's like uh, Viva Viva Ned Flanders also had uh, a prominent "Let's make fun of Joan Rivers" joke, and I don't get it really. Like, at any time was Joan Rivers that relevant that we need to make Joan Rivers jokes? Basically, they just needed a cheap joke. That, I'm sure that came during the punch-up phase. I, I don't. I I, I. 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 don't know. There's lots of jokes about new agey stuff. Uh, here you can listen. Dad, you don't have to go to a new age store just for me. I know you think this stuff is stupid. Nah, you must be thinking of your mother. I'm always exploring alternatives and expanding my horizons into realms of. Can we just go in? Oh, good! I've been meaning to buy a Dreamcatcher. Give me a break. I just wish you could keep an open mind about other cultures. Other cultures are fine. I'm just saying I can get along in life without a toothbrush. Namaste. And uh, ooga booga to you, too. May I tell you about our white light specials? Absolutely not. My little girl's tummy hurts. Do you have anything to stop her complaining? Dad, here, try this wheatgrass juice. 
Well, your tongue works. Mm -hmm. Let's try some oil of Lorenzo and uh, what's keeping Joan Rivers alive? Fetal grindings, but I have a better idea. Oh, no, no freezing. No, Mr. Simpson. This is a sensory deprivation tank. It blocks out all the external distractions that bombard our souls. Can you pee in it? I'll take two hours. Me too. You're about to take a journey into the mind. You may see and experience things that are strange and frightening. But remember, they can't physically harm you, though they may destroy you mentally. Oh, good. So they uh, make some, they make Joan Rivers jokes, uh, jokes about people saying namaste. Jokes about dream catchers. Fetal uh, grindings, which fe- I, I thought were beetle grindings no, until I saw no, the subtitle. No, no, fetal. Yeah, fetal grindings, which is great. Joan Rivers eats babies. Um, it's a good Lorenzo's oil reference. <laughs> I I had to. I did not know what that was. I had to look that up. I don't. They, I think they do an episode length tribute to it on the critic at some point. I think that's how it entered my orbit. Yeah. Actually, I I I so. There's that. They go in the tanks. I'm not like this is. It's another like crossing a bridge of like why are why are they doing this? I don't really under. I don't know why. I I they're going to. They're doing sensory deprivation. She has stress. Why would sensory deprivation help? Homer is causing stress for Lisa. I don't like. I. (laughs) It's supposed to clear the mind. I can. You know, it's not great, but I can see it. Yes, I, I. It's the least of this episode's problems. I guess that's true. I shouldn't. I should pick bigger nits if I'm going to do it. It's just basically a meditation, Robbie. That's what it comes down to: is have some time where your father can't talk to you or do things to you. <laughs> I. Yeah, maybe that's it. It's like okay, we'll keep Homer in a tube for two hours. <laughs> like that's that's a pretty worthwhile investment with a cinder block on top, uh, nonetheless. <laughs> uh, so. They they go in the sensory deprivation t- tank. We see uh, c- uh, cut back to the B plot where uh, li- Marge listens to Mo gossiping about Groundskeeper Willie. He's some woman is trapped in a crate somewhere. Some male or bride trapped in a crate. Oh, that's not how that works. But sure, okay. It's not. So, <laughs> huh. I, do, do people actually think that's how mail-order brides come to the country? In crates? God, I hope not. Do they think that's how people come in? Like, they're shipped? Wasn't that the old song, like, I'm gonna wrap myself in paper, I'm gonna dab myself in glue, put some stamps all over my head, I'm gonna mail myself to you? Like, that became a whole industry. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> so, there, there's that, that's, a little, that's just a little minor, like, that's like, the the that's the middle section of the the B plot. Lisa starts hallucinating. Uh, she sees herself as uh, Snowball too. Um, and I think this is my favorite part of this this one segment of Lisa as the cat. I think is my favorite part because it has potential. It has like you could see the potential there of wow imagine a longer sequence of both lisa and homer hallucinating and going in and being different things and we get to see the world through their perspective and they get to see the world through other people's perspective that's fascinating that'd be really good but only lisa hallucinates homer just sings songs the witch doctor song from the 60s 
fifties, maybe? How old is that song? That sounds like something Homer would do. You must have heard it on the oldies radio station. I guess that's fair. They did uh let's see, Witch Doctor came out originally in nineteen fifty eight. So there you go. Homer singing songs from nineteen fifty eight. And that's all he does. They don't give him hallucinations in there. They don't he doesn't even have any kind of inner thoughts. He doesn't have inner thoughts. He has comedy songs from the 50s, which are vaguely racist. That's all there is to Homer. You want to know what Homer is in season 10? It's a guy that just sings the witch doctor to himself constantly. Maybe the odd couple. And gets, and gets tossed around in a sensory deprivation tank, uh, tank through another wacky adventure. <laughs> he does get another wacky adventure. But before that, we get to see the end to the B-plot in which Bart sees Marge uh, snooping on the baby monitor to the people's calls and realizes there's potential there for a prank, uh, and he and Milhouse decide to try and prank March. Come on, come on, I need some gossip here. Where is everybody? Does this town shut down at 5 o'clock? Frankie, you're huh? a killer. I just busted out of prison and the cops are after me. Oh, talk to me, baby. Okay, I think I lost him. Uh-oh, a cow. Eat lead, bossy. Listen, Tony, I need some place to hide. Oh, this place looks good. 742 Evergreen Terrace. Ooh. Now to open the door and kill whoever's inside. I'll start by turning the knob. <laughs> gotcha, miss. Ow! Oh, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Mom, you are a prankster's dream. <laughs> wow, you really clobbered him. That was a horrible trick to play on your mother. Yeah, well, it serves you right for eavesdropping. Hmm. Well, I guess we both learned a lesson. But if anybody asks, you hit him. Uh, so that's at least twice that Marge has knocked Millhouse unconscious. That's true, but she apparently always blames it on Bart, so everyone's just cool with it. Yep, that's what happens to boys. They just knock each other unconscious. I, I will say that I like as part of this prank, when Bart's pretending to be this uh, escaped inmate, he says, I'll start by turning the knob. <laughs> it's very important that he explains to his counterpart how to open a door as he's doing it. I like it that he shoots the cow. <laughs> Whom he names Bossy. Good, good improv skills Bart has. Um, a wonderful cap gun. It, Sounds so realistic. The B plot. That's it. It's over. It's it's very very small. Uh, it at least is the only one it hurts is Millhouse. So why? Who cares? Even. <laughs> so, cut back to the A plot. The Repo Depot has arrived to shut down pharmaceutical pharmaceuticals to take all their stuff because they. What the, she makes a comment about the I I I Ching is that what she says? It, it, it's, she hadn't seen it wasn't gonna she wasn't gonna lose all this stuff for six months. I right doesn't matter. The, they take Homer's tank uh and put it in the back of the vehicle. This is Andrew had just mentioned. You know this episode hadn't had a wacky a wacky action scene in the third act yet, so they had to pen this one in, make sure it exists. So while Lisa is going on a figurative journey, Homer is going on a literal journey as he is punished because they put the tank in the back of the truck. They don't close the back for because they can't because the plot won't work if it's closed. 
Slides down a hill, uh, Flanders finds it, buries it in the wilderness, uh, the, his burial, I guess where he's buried, the water, the ground is not stable, so he falls into drainage pipes that don't really make sense, but who cares, that eventually lead him back out into sea, uh, he washes ashore, and Wiggum and Ralph take it back to Carmaceuticals. Homer gets sloshed around inside. He all thinks more relatable up, problems. Yeah, and it ends up exactly where he started. So really, this is a microcosm for an entire episode. As Homer goes on a wacky adventure that he has no bearing on whatsoever, he sings to himself and then ends up right where he started with a few bumps and bruises. I, so he does, he does that. I I don't, I I don't I don't know. Uh, that's 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 what happens to Homer. He doesn't grow. He doesn't learn anything. He just goes. His tube goes to places he doesn't even know he he has he's moved. Honestly, he thinks it's just a part of the tube because Homer's real smart. What is this? Some kind of tube? <laughs> I remember the good times. <laughs> so, uh, Lisa, she halluc she she's continuing to hallucinate and eventually uh, hallucinates as Homer. And realizes that Homer uh, is trying his best, and she should feel sorry for him. It's happening again. I wonder where I'm going this time. What's that? Oh, yuck, that sandwich is full of meat. There's bacon. Canadian bacon. Mexican bacon. Oh. And the mouth-watering veal chop. Oh, no, now I'm dead. Oh, and I'm at a stupid, boring ballet. Hmm. Dad, wake up. Your snoring is disturbing the dancers. Hmm. How can you embarrass me like this? Oh, you won't sit through anything that doesn't have car crashes. Well, I'm sorry, honey. Jeez, why is Lisa so mad at me? I only came to this dump so I could be with her. What happened to my big sandwich? Ugh, boy, I can really be a pain in the butt. Gee, I should cut Dad some slack. After all, he did take me to the ballet and the Smithsonian exhibit. In fact, he takes me lots of places he hates. I told the doctor that tight in my chest. Boom, 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 boom. I told the witch doctor he had to run a test. Hi, sweetie. Hi, Dad. How was it? I went on a wild ride without ever leaving the building. How was yours? Pretty cool. But now what do you say we go do something we'll both enjoy? Oh, like what? <laughs> Whoa, look at that car burn! Does it get any better than this? Not to me, Dad. Oi! No, Lisa, it's not that you can be a pain, it's that you expect someone to not snore in the middle of some kind of event where that will be disturbing somebody. I, the show wants us to empathize with Homer, right? Yes. I guess. <laughs> That's, that is the desired emotional response from that scene. Okay, I'm just making sure that we are supposed to empathize with Homer. 
in that situation. I I don't know how to like how do I explain a 19-year-old television show how adults behave? How do I do that? Can I is there a time machine? Do I have a radio that I can turn it back to 1997 or 8 whenever they were producing the show this episode and like explain emotional maturity and going to a ballet with someone is not enough. Just being there is not enough. You it's a child. Stay awake. That's not or or at the very least think about how that person feels when you just fell asleep. That's all. I don't, I but, but Homer does. Like that's that's the one scene in the entire episode and granted it's Lisa as Homer where he does acknowledge that he has done I guess done something specifically bad and like but he doesn't though he he, re- he, 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 says, he doesn't understand why she's so mad at him it's very obvious why she's mad at him or he, i guess he at least understands enough to know he's done wrong and apologizes he says i'm sorry honey or, or something along those lines i don't know if he actually understands that he's done something wrong he's just apologizing to you know <laughs> that's the thing her off his back. I, it's not I know it's not even that Homer is necessarily even being like they make him too dumb to be mean in this episode. And that is like this. I'm the, coming back to the same complaint. It's not that Homer is like he's not jerk Homer in this. He's not. He's like a bad parent and does several awful things to Lisa. But the sh- the episode repeatedly is showing us, no, Homer is trying to be a good. He's trying, you know, it it has bad results, but he is trying and he is he is contrite when pushed, when he sees that he's upset Lisa, at least uh, uh, the last couple times. But he doesn't understand any of it. He, they make him so stupid that it, it like, I tr- like Lisa is his babysitter in that, like, that is what the episode is teaching us at the end, in that Lisa should be expected to babysit Homer. And how, well, and yes, if Lisa wanted to go to the ballet and she had to bring along a child with her and the child fell asleep or made noise, you wouldn't, you wouldn't get, you, you'd probably be maybe frustrated with the child. You wouldn't really get angry with it because it's a child. It doesn't know any better. And that's, I feel like everything in this episode is like, hey, Homer's actually a baby and we should be expected to like treat him like a baby. And I don't, how do they not understand? Like, is that? I don't, I don't get it. I don't get it. Well, okay, so let me throw a, a counterexample to you, which is, I think, from uh, a good example from Lisa's Substitute, where Homer takes Lisa to the museum, they run into Mr. Bergstrom, and it's a case of goof, goof, pardon me, uh, goofus and gallant, that Mr. Bergstrom is invested in the museum and interested and understanding about it, and Homer is his usual doltish self, and thinks it's pointless and stupid, and you just have the contrast between them. And I think that episode is trying to do, in many ways, what this one is, to show that there is a a sweetness within Homer, where even when he screws up in these things, he is at least willing to to be there and tries to be there for Lisa and sees that she has some gift or some need that he can't fulfill other than to take her to places that might fulfill them. The problem is that only works if, A, you build to Homer reaching that epiphany and learning something, and B, if you don't then turn it around and make it Lisa's lesson that she should be nicer to Homer, or at least you, you, you can do those two things, but you can't glue them together. It doesn't work that way. People don't work that way. No. I, I just, I, at once upon a time, I 
thought this up. Ep- I don't know. I remember th- I remember this episode differently. I I had watched it, you know, a long time ago, and then I had recently rewatched it maybe a year ago, and I've watched it again, and both the two rewatchings, I've liked it less like each time. Last time I liked it, I disliked it, and now I pretty much outright hate it. Uh I I don't know. Maybe the ending like played a trick on my mind or something because it ends very like, oh yeah, Lisa and Homer bonding over this very over a demolition derby. And has that very sin- like that that kind of sweet and cynical mix of you know of a lot of Simpsons endings where you know they're like oh a sweet nice musical cue and Homer and Lisa like you know cuddling while someone is terribly injured and there's an ambulance, but nothing in this episode makes any lot like even like with the story they're trying to tell they don't do it the the i i don't there is never a world in which lisa uh, should be apologized to homer for this like we are if they want us to think oh like lisa the vegetarian i understand why both of them are upset you know why homer why i i don't mind like the ending i think of that episode is kind of perfect when when you know apu is telling lisa like yeah i i kind of think everyone's most people's eating habits are reprehensible. I don't say anything because I know it's not going to do anything. It's not going to make a difference except make them angry. And Lisa is smart enough to understand that and says and tells her Homer, yeah, I'm sorry for what I did, but you're not, you're also, there's blame for both of us. And like, in a situation like that, I could totally buy it. But what does Lisa do wrong in this episode? She rep- She reprimands Homer once when he snores at a ballet? Like, oh no! I mean, you're, 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 go ahead, Andrew. I'm sorry. Well, I, I think that's a big problem. Is I, I think they build to an admirable lesson about being tolerant of people who are trying and whose hearts are in the right place, even if they falter in that. And I, I think that is a lesson that The Simpsons has gone to with Lisa and Homer many times in Lisa the Vegetarian, in Lisa's Substitute, in. Uh, Lisa the Greek. Like, they, they hit that note a lot of the times and a lot of the time it works. The problem is, there's no way in which Lisa has been intolerant of Homer trying in this episode. Everything else that you get in the prior 21 minutes is Homer being an unrepentant, if oblivious, jerk about things that nobody should tolerate, that should be called out and pointed out. So, like, you, <laughs> they, they, they don't do the setup. They need to do the setup of here are things where Homer is maybe boorish or oafish, but means well and doesn't do any real harm as to, like, terrible, terrible things like destroying the Constitution and giving away her room <laughs> and forcing her to live with Bart and all this other cavalcade of, I, of cruelty that I, he inflicts on her. I, I really like the fact that I, when you you said, oh, yeah, the, when Homer does these things, including destroying the Constitution, I had forgotten that it happened already. I went, oh, right, he does destroy the Constitution in this episode, which it's just the, 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 the escalation of the ridiculousness of, of un, like, of the unset, uh, the kind of vaguely a slightly unrealistic reality the simpsons have always existed in has it's when you say when he destroys the constitution it's when you kind of realize oh right we're not in we're not in kansas anymore this is a different the stakes are different now we've changed something's happened (laughs) this is a bad episode it's a very bad episode i i don't 
I'm not sure if it's on the trash pile, but it's close if it isn't. It's it's very bad. It hurts to watch it. I don't know. Maybe it's just because I'm such a Lisa fan. And there's if like Lisa has flaws, like like all the characters do. Her apologizing to her her father for him being adult. I can't. Like I, that that is like it's like it's like I'm intrinsic. Like it's the thing. Like I can't. Like I'm intrinsically like in my core invites the fastest rage is intelligent people having to apologize to idiots because they don't understand something and not and it's there's no if homer was at all sympathetic that wouldn't be there they're just they've mastered it i don't know what's happening i feel like i'm going crazy watching this season well i mean you are we are going a little crazy because of how in the current seasons, we're we're constantly talking about how the depictions are in character. Uh, in this season, however, there's a lot. This is I, I think feel like season ten is really where it started to go off the rails of like these are not the characters we remember. They, they are completely changing who these people are, which happens with TV shows, but this is just a weird way of going about it. Essentially, <sighs> we'll rank it at the end of the show. Number one with a bullet. Don't, don't sound so cheery, Robbie. <laughs> no. Oh, that was our last episode where Homer gets shot in the end credits. Excuse me. <laughs> gets murdered. <laughs> there's no no bullets in this one. Uh, there's tubes, no bullets. Uh, let's see. No more submissions for this for my favorite episode. However, if you do have a favorite episode, please submit it to showpod at gmail.com explaining why a certain episode is your favorite. We can move on to our next segment. It is time for comments from the news group. Okay, here we are. Alt.nerd.obsessive. Comments to the news group, Rosario, come through the old alt.tv.sensus news group, see what people were talking about the week or two after an episode debuted, what they thought of the episode, other things they were talking about. Um, most people really liked it. Vast majority liked it. Which, just, why? How could they have liked this? Homer is a moron, like a childlike moron. I mean, from what I can read from their comments, they thought it was funny. They liked the fact that it was an emotional emotion based episode of feelings you know it was a homer lisa feelings episode i mean maybe at that time we have watched all the same episodes they have and they don't really try to engage homer in any kind of actual meaningful emotional catharsis they don't even try and this episode tries i'll give it that that's all i got that's my guess it, it feels like it, like with a couple more drafts, if you'd fix some of these story problems and some of these problems in the emotional trajectory, like there's the seed of a good idea there. And I can buy people responding to that, especially when that seed hasn't really been present in a lot of season 10 episodes up to this point. Yeah. And that's I think that's all I can say is that people probably saw that the the core of the idea of and the ending is sweet. And, you know, oftentimes if you throw a good ending at someone, even a happy or sweet ending at someone, they will forget about everything that preceded it. That is definitely true. So maybe that's what happened. I mean, they just had watched it one time, so they don't really have any other information. Uh, there is one person who basically agrees with us, and I I pulled this just because I I wanted to represent that they, they were, we we are not alone. Um, even at the time, 
uh, their quote, it amazes me how predictable everything is now. Can anyone look me in the eye and tell me when Lisa saw the Bill of Rights that somehow it wouldn't end, that it wouldn't end up destroyed in Hummer's hands, even though it was supposedly well protected in its case? Okay. Then they build a rotating satellite dish on top of the Simpsons' house. Uh-huh. Then we see Lisa hallucinate and become Homer the brain-dead jerk in her own mind. So suddenly we're supposed to believe she's feeling empathy for him? Are we supposed to feel empathy for Homer, too? This sounds like the staff is trying to justify writing him the way they do, and that's just sad. And there's... It's a very smart person. There is a, a lengthy discussion about Homer and, and how they felt about his... about him and... How if they add empathy for him or not? Um, I, I I'll say I think Dan Castellaneta does a pretty good line read of his "I'm sorry, Lisa" moment that probably gins up some unearned empathy for Homer just because it sounds so sad when he says it that way. Yeah, and I think that's the I think that's that might even work it like work against it for me because when he says "Oh, I'm so sorry" and it sounds like convincing and stuff but then the way he acts afterwards it makes me think that he's a sociopath and that he can just like he's just doing this to manipulate people or something and it's it's very strange homer's not smart enough to manipulate people i know that's the uh, that's the thing that i know it's just that means that means it can't be that which means uh, there's also just a lot of discussion about cell cell phone towers which were relatively novel in 1999. Total fad. Never took off. No, nope. that's was there. No, there's no uh, internet. There's nothing like that. We'll never go. We're, we we all we none of us ever talk to anyone else over long distance over wireless connection. I think that's the. Uh, Which is why the three of us are all sitting in a room together right now. <laughs> yes, that's why our voices and sound quality are all different from each other. Is because we are all in the same room. That's absolutely correct. I, I don't you know it's 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 always neat when I re- go read the news groups and they're all people are like do cell phone towers really work that way and they don't know because yeah. they don't most people I I'm I don't know I didn't I didn't know anyone with a cell phone in 1999. It's true. I think I had my first one in 2003. Oh wow! I definitely had one from like 2000 uh, on, but it was a really crappy one. And I had like 100 minutes, and there was no texting back then. It was a bad time. Well, you're you're older than me, Matt. I was I mean I was in high school when I got a phone, so I didn't. Wow. I, Same. It was it was a flip phone. It had t it had the T9 texting on it, but no one texted. Why would you do that? It takes forever. <laughs> That's it. Uh, we can move on to our next segment. It's time for the listener question of the week. Let's try one more number. <gasps> Yellow. KBBL is going to give me something stupid. Well, hot dog, we have a wiener. Yellow. Our listener question of the week this week is, what is your favorite action scene? Tons of great answers. It actually, I for, had forgotten one of the answers, and it became my answer because I'd forgotten how good it was. And then I was like, yeah, actually, that is the best one. Uh, first from John. If he thinks George Bush is going to stay out of the sewer, he doesn't know George Bush. Hey, turkeys behind you. Uh, from Jeremy, groundskeeper Willie versus the wolf. Hey, Wolfie, put down the hors d'oeuvres. It's time for the main course. And rips off his shirt. Uh, Martin, when McBain bursts out of the ice and machine guns everyone to death. Swank? I don't think so. Uh, then also, yeah, ice to see you, of course. We got multiple ices, ice to see you answers. Uh, Joe, the fight scene between Homer and Tom, brother from the same planet, especially the way it grinds to a halt when Homer falls backwards over the fire hydrant with a little... That little 
That little noise. Oh. Yeah. Uh, from Kevin, see you in hell, candy boys. Uh, Homer's slow motion leap during the explosion is a thing of beauty. Uh, Kevin, greasy willy and Homer tangling. <laughs> from Jean-Pierre, the Saturday, Saturday's a thunder race. The animation on Nelson is so well done. I always found it odd but an interesting touch to see Nelson chew on the drilled debris. At least that's what I think was going on there. I think that's what was happening, right? Sure. That's what he was chewing on? I'm not sure. Uh, Alistair, not sure if it's an action scene as such, but Lisa's rush to the hospital to stop everybody from shooting Homer is a pretty thrilling for a cartoon. It counts. Um, Christian, Homer and Bart ditching the bomb in the Simpsons movie. I thought about that. That's pretty good. That was a good one, yeah. It looks really nice. They, the, the, the animation, that the movie, the whole movie is great, but that scene in particular really sells it. Um, Bill, uh, act your age, Simpson, you look foolish. Uh, it has to be the chase scene at the end of the Flying Hellfish episode. Uh, Graham, the Simpsons versus the Itchy and Scratchy Robots. Hey, mouse, say cheese. With a dry cool wit like that, I could be an action hero. Hmm. Uh, Steven, the acid sequence during the Radioactive Man movie. The goggles, they do nothing. Multiple people with the goggles. Uh, and Sean, Homer's whacking day training. Uh, Donnie at the Dasu. Uh, ice to see you. Hey, McBain, <laughs> have some shrimp. All right. In there. Uh, Amanda at Draw to Insanity simply sends a gif of Hank Scorpio with a flamethrower. Uh, Brian uh, at Brian J. Feld, a gif of Homer running away from the candy explosion. Uh, Dank Moose at Dank Moose. Barney and his jetpack. Uh, Jordan at J. Scott 1028. Oh, the little guy hasn't done anything yet. And you just know he's going to do something cool. <laughs> oh, he was, Homer. Don't you worry. <laughs> and uh, karate noises. Um, multiple people answering that that as well. Uh, from Rick at Rick Wademan. April Fool. <laughs> that explosion is pretty impressive in the animation. Uh, and finally, from Alex, uh, he has he has the he has a, an answer with a caveat. Uh, uh, when McBain breaks the, out the ice and says, "Everyone, ice to see you." But if we're excluding McBain, it is the Yakuza fight at the end of Distant World of Marv Simpson. Both are very good. Matt, what is your answer? I actually have to go with uh, Saturdays of Thunder, uh, the you know essentially chariot race at the end. I thought that was quite thrilling, and uh, you know very interesting to see the kids uh, do that. And the end is really great with Martin crashing in the uh, the middle one, especially as as well, where he crashes and they have to put him out because out, out he's on fire. Overall, great action episode. Andrew. So I was going to say the homage to Raiders of the Lost Ark with Bart stealing Homer's mm. change jar. Just because there's so much creativity in translating the sort of Spielbergian direction into a Simpsons universe and making the boulder Homer and all this other little stuff. So I'm a, I'm a big fan of that sequence. I am going to um, echo Bill's answer, in which I the chase sequence at the end of uh, The Flying Hellfish. Uh, Gremlin, Abe, Abe Simpson, and blah blah blah. Gremlin, great. The boat blah, blah. chase, yeah. Yeah, the boat chase is so good. The, the the whole like the 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 spear gun and the water skiing and Abe's speech to Burns at the end. It like Abe is so pathetic most of the time. Finally, getting the episode where he is like an action hero is really awesome, and makes you realize, oh right, he actually yeah he was in war. He was a soldier. He was a cool guy. Um, next week's question. What's your favorite Simpsons company? OmniTouch? Globex? Sears? <laughs> it's not fictional yet, but it will be soon. I mean, oh. that's, that's fair. 
Uh, I'll post this question on all the social media, uh, facebook.com slash the Simpsons show pod, Twitter at Simpsons show pod. And you can email us at Simpsons show pod at gmail.com, uh, explaining your, uh, your answer. No, you know, I might, you might hear it on the show. Appreciate everyone who takes the time. We can move on to our next segment. It is time for the new Google trivia challenge. I am too smart. I am too smart. S-M-R-T. I mean, S-M-A-R-T. The Dogo Trivia Challenge is Matt and I each challenge, and challenge each other with three trivia questions. One easy, one medium, one hard, and try and stump the other. Uh, I am behind Matt by four points with us about two-thirds of the way through this season. So I'm in within reach. That's all I need. That's all I need. I can feel it. I can, this, is the, this is the season, Matt. This is it. Until you, right. get, until, you we'll get all, until you get all of Andrew's questions right. And I get none of them right. And you, you're up by like nine points all of a sudden. But until that point... We'll see. Uh, maybe Andrew has decided to go easy on you this time. He always goes easy on me. I still get him wrong. Andrew goes easy on no man. I promise even, balanced, fair questions to each contender. <laughs> Good. That's excellent. All right, Matt, I'll, I'll start. You ready for an easy question? Ready. These are all from Lost Our Lisa. Ooh, okay. Your easy question. What does Lisa want to see at the Springfield Museum? I believe it is the ISIS exhibit. I'll give it to you. I, I was looking for the Orb of Isis, but the Isis exhibit is also... Oh, sorry, the Orb of Isis. That's, yeah, yeah. You're good. You're close enough. What is my easy question? Technically, she doesn't even mention the Orb of Isis until they're inside the Isis exhibit, so... you know. I don't know. It's the thing that has the music box inside. It cracks open uh-huh, like an egg. Uh-huh, that uh-huh. they've never right, x-rayed. They've never x-rayed. Uh-huh. Never, ever. Your question. What does Gabo call all the kids of Springfield and Krusty gets canceled? What do you mean? What does he call them? Yeah. You mean when the cameras... When he thinks the cameras aren't rolling? That's it. I believe he calls them bastards? Little bastards? Is that right? Wow. Okay. Uh, no? I'm, I'm sorry, Robbie. No, he calls them SOBs. Oh, SOBs. All the kids in Springfield are SOBs. Uh, that's not... Okay. I'm bad. Based on a real event. Who was that? Like Soupy Sales or something? Yeah. That's why I, forget, I always forget. I knew, it was, I knew it was based on someone. I always forget who it was. But I could be wrong. Don't, I, don't quote me on that, kids. Are, you think is that what are people going to do that? They're going to spread mis, spread your misinformation around. I heard from Andrew Bloom on a <laughs> Simpsons podcast that Soupy Sales cursed out children on the air, and uh, I have based my life's decisions on that uh, specific bit of information. I would hope that everyone, utterly reliable. I would hope that everyone can, knows the information contained within this podcast is uh, not not reliable and should not be repeated. Your medium question, Matt. What is the name of the joke shop Martin Millhouse Bart and Millhouse visit? Oh, um what is the name of the joke shop? I want to say it's Sir Yucks a lot, but I'm sure that's wrong. So close. Matt, I mean, uh, Andrew, do you do you have a guess? I believe it's Yuckingham Palace. You are correct, Andrew. It is oh, Yuckingham man. Palace. Very, very right, there's a yuck in there somewhere. Points, redeeming points for those uh, Simpsons slap bracelets. Oh, I have, I have a, I have a slap bracelet for you if you want one. I'll have to, to come pick it up in Edmonton. Yeah, the shipping is probably a little. I mean, the the you can definitely redeem your trivia points for the bracelet. Uh, unfortunately, can't redeem the trivia points for shipping. So you'll uh, just send, give me a self self address stamp envelope. Send it to Robbie Dorman Simpson Show, uh, Edmonton, Alberta, uh, with the 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 shipping and handling for the slap bracelet, and I'll gladly send it to you. But I'm already rubber banding letters to squirrels and trying to send them to find Matt. Like I can't, I can't keep up with this. <laughs> All right, what's my medium question, Matt? 
All right, your medium question. What is the name of Milhouse's girlfriend in Bart's Friend Falls in Love? Samantha Stanky. Oh, within the easy question, but uh, getting the medium question, I'm in trouble now. You, you just have a fun misunderstanding of how dumb I am, Matt. That's the, you got to get the right Apparently. dumbness. Okay, your hard question, Matthew. In Lost Our Lisa, what are the six different stops uh, for the bus Lisa is on that we see? Oh, jeez. Um, well, I know there was Crackton and Cattleskull test, uh, Testing Ground, uh, Little Newark. Um, that's all I got. That's the only three that come to mind. Uh, the ones I have, Crackton, Industrial Access Road, Airport Refueling Way, Rural Route 9, Army Proving Ground, and End of the Line. Hmm. I don't know whether I counted end of the line, but I, I mean, it's in there. I would, if you had the other five, I probably would have given it to you. Oh, okay. they don't have a name for the last stop. It's just, a, they just say end and, of the line. Yeah. And then Lisa's I don't even it. know if that's it. And uh, that's considered a stop. He's just like, no, I'm going home. You have to get off here. I, I mean, he stops to be fair. All right. What's my hard sure. question? How are your hard question? Who were Sherry Bobbins's last employers? Oh God. <laughs> Sherry Bobbins is in that new episode too. We didn't even mention that. It's so no, we didn't so, because it's too sad. That's so, so strange. Uh, um, her last employer is I. I think she, I don't know if she actually has if there's like a rationale for their answer. I know it's just like British names. Uh, the Mackenzies and the um, Gillinghams. Uh, no, sorry, is Lord and Lady Huffington of Sussex. Yeah, it was random British names. I can't remember. All right. Uh, Andrew, I you have some questions prepared for us, I I presume. I do, and in honor of our our favorite company, OmniTouch, all of them are related to telephones. Oh God! Oh no! Oh, my <laughs> okay. I don't know why that inspires trepidation. I don't know. Sure. That's I'm just I'm just prophetic visions of me whiffing on all the answers is really why that's. Uh, give Matt start with Matt. Give Matt his easy question first. All right, Matt, your easy question. In Brother from the Same Planet, Lisa racks up tons of charges calling what hotline? Uh, that is the Corey hotline. That is correct. Robbie, mm -hmm. your easy question. What is Mr. Burns' standard phone greeting? Ahoy, hoy. That is also correct. Yay. Good on both of you. Yeah, easy I got a point. Matt, your medium question. In Lady Bouvier's Lover... Bart trades his itchy and scratchy animation cell to Comic Book Guy in exchange for a phone featuring what character? Oh, uh, Mary Worth. That is correct. Famed comic strip character Mary Worth. <laughs> Robbie, your medium question. Mm -hmm. What is the 1-800 number for America's most armed and dangerous as seen in some enchanted evening? I knew the Mary Worth question. You couldn't ask me the Mary Worth question. <laughs> uh, oh, 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 yeah, it's not a number. It's, it's I, a, I, 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 yes, I realize it's, uh, it's America's. What's the name of the show? What America's most armed and dangerous. Oh, so they don't. They don't even bother. <laughs> they don't bother messing around with that name much, do they? Um, it's one eight hundred Snitch. It's my that's sorry. All, what is it? What it do we got? You squeal. You squeal. That is correct. Dang it! Ah, bloom. <laughs> I, I that was a fair question, man. I knew the Mary Worth question. 
Get okay. Let's okay. Hard questions. I got it. We can do this. All right, Matt. Your hard question. After Homer's local TV appearance in Homer Badman, local station receives two phone calls. What do those callers want? Um. Okay. Uh. No, Janice doesn't live here. And oh man, he's like. Uh, yes, I am interested in, I want to say insurance savings. Whoa, so close. You're, you're correct. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Uh, long distance savings. I, I'm going to have to leave it to, to Robbie to judge the, uh, oh, the appropriateness okay. of this answer. I, you, I long, believe... long distance savings is correct. I, I, uh, I, I know, but I, I distinctly heard Andrew saying, I'm sorry. And then Matt answered the correct answer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. I, I leave it to you, gentlemen, to distribute the points uh, mm, as you see fit. I don't, he doesn't get anything. <laughs> okay. Well, in that case, Robbie, your hard question. Mm-hmm. When Homer nabs an autodialer and poses as Happy Dude, his message reaches six people in Springfield. Name five of them. Uh, Abe and Jasper. Uh, Frank. That's three. Um... Mr. Burns and Flanders. You are correct, Mr. Dorman. You forgot Chief Wiggum, who gets out of the bath seven times. <laughs> seven. <sighs> well, now I'm in real trouble. <laughs> uh, well, to be fair, the the discrepancy was exactly the same before and after Andrew's questions. Okay. <laughs> So it wouldn't, I mean, it, I did get to look, I don't, I did. Okay. So, uh, I, I am two points behind Matt now and we will, you know, Matt, if you want to drink a lawnmowers with Tabasco in them, that is up to you. Oh, all right. I don't, I don't, do you like Tabasco? I mean, if I'm going to have to drink wheatgrass juice and vodka, I might as well throw some Tabasco in there, give it a little bit of a kick. I mean, I think there'll be enough. Sound logic. I mean, there'll be, I guess if you have, you freeze the vodka first, it'll be fine. Uh, you won't, you'll taste the wheatgrass, and I don't, I guess no one wants to taste that. Nope. It's a sign your face bud's working. That'll do it for trivia this week. I'm, you know, I, it's a week I, be, I beat Matt. It makes me feel good every time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what's that, what's that noise, Matt? What's that? Sure, sure, Robbie. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, we also, I, we, I, we haven't even mentioned on air the fact that you got, you, you got an answer wrong. Uh, two episodes prior about Tipsy McStagger versus Tipsy McSwagger. And you that, know, and that's not the first time that's fair. happened. I want to point out, not the first time that's happened. I've gotten, you don't see all the Twitter responses with people going, actually, technically, you should, and, you know, they, they say that I've, I've gotten multiple pleas, you know, Robbie, you should be, you should be getting extra points here and there because Matt's, you know, cheating and being so mean about things. Cheating. I don't believe I was cheating. <laughs> I believe I mispronounced the answer. Okay. I may be, I might be exaggerating a little bit. Uh huh. I think at this point they're just tired of me losing. You know, they need, they want something different. You well, know? this season is closer than it's been in a long time, so we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Uh, that that sounds like a veiled threat to me. <laughs> he can't do anything. <laughs> I'm, I'm too far nice away. Trivia game here. I'm it's too... a shame if something would have happened to it. <laughs> I'm too far away. He can't do anything to me. Not for long. Hmm, we'll see. Uh, we can move on to our final segment. A segment we end every single episode with. It is time for best episode ever. 
Best episode ever. Best episode ever is the part show where Matt and I rank the episodes categorically as we watch them chronologically, eventually compiling a list of every episode ever and how good they are. My question for you, Matt. Mm-hmm. Does this go in the garbage pile? Uh, by the garbage pile, do you mean like the top or the, I mean the bottom four? The bottom three, I would say, is the garbage pile to me. Yeah, I would have to say it does. Uh, I really hate everything about this episode. <laughs> okay, good. Strong emotions. I like that. Um, yeah, it's like the only difference, I think, between this episode and those three at the bottom, which are Marge Simpson and Screaming Yellow Honkers, Homer Simpson and Kidney Trouble, and When You Dish Upon a Star, is that this is actively, I feel like it is trying for some sort of emotional resonance. It's trying, but it cheapens it so much, it's almost worse. I mean, it like I don't want to try and put intent on the writing staff or the or the the showrunners or anyone. I don't want to try and put intent like I don't want to say that they tried for something and they were trying for this, and then therefore it's better because they were trying. They still they failed spectacularly. Like I don't there's like there is maybe two moments in this episode. That I like the ending, if you in a vacuum, like taken away from the rest of this episode, I think is fine. Like the moment where Lisa and Homer have and Homer's like, I'm sorry, you know, away from this episode, it's fine and might mean something. But and, and Homer's not really a jerk. He's just so stupid that I can't I don't I would say I, I'll give it this. I would say that it. I would say that intent will get it above Marge Simpson in Screaming Yellow Honkers. It'll be atop the garbage pile. I was actually thinking that. I'm like, this episode is not quite as actively offensive as those, but they just missed the mark so hard. It hit that. It hit that bottom crater. It's that. It's the sound of that train going off a cliff. I believe exactly. that I've, I've made multiple times before. Um, are I Andrew? Are you? I know, I know you think the episode's bad. You think, would you call this episode bad? It's, it's not good. Um, <laughs> I mean, bad, bad is such a strong word, Robbie. I, it's, it's not a great episode. It's far from the show's finest hour. I would, I, I'm, you know, I, I don't, I would say that this is an episode I, I'm never going to watch this episode again. So I, I'll say this for the episode. It's something we haven't really touched on. I think there's a lot of solid jokes in this. I think it gets the emotional trajectory wrong. I think it gets the storytelling completely wrong. I think it definitely miscalibrates the characters to be meaner and dumber than they need to be. But I think it brings some decent laughs out of the situation, even if they're kind of empty, disconnected laughs. Just more than I can say for some uh, episodes that have preceded this in season 10 and that will, will come in seasons to come. I... Yeah, we. I mean, we didn't touch. I. It's not that the like. I. I. I think objectively, I can see that like some of the jokes in this episode are well constructed and well crafted. But when I'm wa- like, I. I watch The Simpsons for more than that. I watch The Simpsons for the jokes, be- and I think the jokes are funny. It's because because I enjoy the characters because I consider them like a part of my family. Like they feel like a second family to me. And I think a lot of people share that feeling of, especially of the golden year Simpsons. They go that, you know, they are my second family. I've spent so much time with them. They feel like Lisa's my sister and Bart's my brother. My dad is Homer. And my mom is Marge. I don't recognize these people and sure. The jokes are well-constructed and well-crafted. And I just, 
it's hard to draw that laughter out of me because I just go, well, who are these strangers telling these jokes? You know, it, it it's very strange. I don't know. It's hard for me to go, oh, I laughed so hard at that I or I chuckled or, oh, man, that's funny. That's clever. When, you know, has Homer literally stealing Lisa's room from her and just smiling at her while he does it like a psychopath. I mean, I don't, I don't disagree with you. I, I think those things are probably more important or at least vital to making a good episode. But I also think there's some episodes that come after this, uh, after Mike Scully has left the show, where the show kind of gets the characters right, or at least right enough, and the story has a beginning, middle, and end. But you don't really laugh once. and Or at least it, it, it at most amounts to a mild chuckle or, or a p- polite laugh. It kind of makes me appreciate, in a weird way, episodes that screw the rest up, but but actually generate some kind of guffaw or generate some kind of humor out of it. And I think that's the larger flaw with the Scully years, and I think the reason that people hang on to them, or at least will accept some of them in the golden years, is that it's still kind of a funny show. And at, later, the series would figure out how to tell a story again and figure out how to make those characters be who they're meant to be again. But it never really recaptures the flame of the comedy. And it, it, it's hard not to at least value a little bit being able to watch this episode and laugh, even if you're still kind of cringing at Homer being so far afield from the Homer we know. I, I don't know. I, I, maybe I'm, I'm the, uh, the person dying of thirst who gets the sip of water and thinks it's the best sip of water in the world. But uh, I'm, there's at least a, a balance there that I... Also, I have to do of over what's worth what. I'll also, I don't know if it's a part of us doing the podcast, maybe, that I am just not enjoying these episodes very much. Like, watching them week after week and drilling down into each one and pulling clips. And, like, we, this is not a normal viewing experience. Like, a normal person watches it, it's 20 minutes, and it's done. I This is going to be my life for five, six hours this week. This episode is. And it's not that's not it's not very pleasant. Um, but regardless, Maker for Lisa is atop the garbage pile. Uh, I would say you don't need to watch this episode if you. I mean, it, I, I, the jokes are there's a there's some there. The B plot is fine. It's very short, but Homer is by whatever you're reading is terrible. I don't know which. What do you say it? But it, it Make Room for Lisa is now number two o three on our list. Um. Last place is still when you dish upon a star. Uh, Homer's enemy, number one, still. Y- you know what our next episode is, Matt? Maximum Homer Drive. Yep. You know what that episode has, Matt? Um, it's not actively offensive and, and mean. It has two. I, I mean, it's it has, mostly just silly. It has jokes. it has two things in it. All right. There's one. It has a third act zany, crazy action sequence. Uh huh. And it has Senor Ding Dong. That's the senior ding dong episode. All right, all right. We're we're definitely going upwards for next week. Some people are not a fan of senior ding dong. Well, they can just be wrong. I feel senior ding dong is just like Vincent Price egg magic in that they are like Andrew just mentioned drops of water in as I crawl through the desert. They are. Oh look, it's Marge. It's Marge and Lisa in very kind of empty but silly, non mean B plots. Don't end with Millhouse getting brained by a baby monitor. Doesn't count. Millhouse doesn't count. Andrew. Robbie.
uh where you wrote uh you're you're gonna have a review up of this episode very well written review i've got a sneak peek at it you did a good job as always uh where can people find that review and other things that you do online well they can find it at my website which is theandrewblog.net that's three words theandrewblog.net uh you can also find my writing as part of consequence of sounds expanded tv and film coverage uh, we just did a top 20 episodes of The Office list. So if you want to see what Simpsons writers like Greg Daniels did after the show, it's a, a good article to check out. And you can find me on Twitter at The Andrew Blog. And thank you guys so much for having me. It is uh, fun every time, even and perhaps especially when we're delving into uh, maybe not the show's finest hours. Thank you for joining us, Andrew. You can find me online at Robbie Dorman on Twitter. Please check out my other podcast, The Handsome Boys Comics Hour. It's about comic books and the serial fanaticist. It's about lots of different things. Um, I'm not sure what this week's... I think this this week's episode is going to be about My Hero Academia, um, the anime. Um, but Andrew and Matt are both featured in multiple episodes, so you guys go back, dig into the archive, and listen to those. Uh, Matt does not participate in social media. There's a certain level of Patreon bagger. You will not find them. Uh, that is true. However, after our uh, recent episode involving Skywriting, I've taken to looking at the clouds. Uh, it, it's been very rainy lately, so I've mostly been getting water in my eyes. But, you know, uh, once that clears up, just feel free to hire a Skywriter, put your messages in the sky. I'll know they're for me. You'll know they're for you. That's right. So the, you don't, they don't even have to address to, to Matt. They just, whatever they say, you'll know it's to you specifically. Exactly. Exactly. All right. Orlando Skies guy. I, I, guys, I know there's probably an Orlando Skywriter out there. So, Oh, there definitely is. They've written some very offensive things. <laughs> I don't. I, we're not. I, I'm Robbie. And I'm Matt. I keep watching The Simpsons. Shh.